section sixteen of birds and nature volume ten number five december nineteen o one this is a librivox recording all librivox recordings are in the public domain for more information or to volunteer please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Diana Schmidt. The Rose Tanager. Pyranga Estiva. Oh, if it might be that the roses be winged and flying to thee could bear thee a thousand greetings, thou knowing they came from me, and if song might be given the roses when I sped them in token to thee, they should warble my song to thee softly, thou thinking the while on me. From the German of Abingulf Wegener. The brilliant rose tanager, encircled with poetic atmosphere, as lark emballed by its own crystal song, might be the fulfillment of the poet's roseate dream, and the message that he bears a vocal incense from the flower's glowing heart. But if the burden of the one half of the tanager duet is, My love is like a red, red rose, the other half probably completes the flowery simile with the proud refrain my love is like a green green leaf when the time of the bloom of the rose is past and the rosy plumes like petals fall away he stands revealed in olive calyx attended as the season wanes by an assemblage of belated olivaceous buds whose song and carmine tints are folded away to await the summons of the next year's sun and when they return to us again in the full flower of their beauty from their southern home gorgeous as if stained in the dyes of the tropic sun their song is said to be suffused with color like the mellow tones of the rose-breasted grosbeak and oriole this song nuttall describes as a strong and sonorous whistle like that of the baltimore bird resembling the trill or musical shake on the fife and is frequently repeated while that of the female is chattering and is chiefly uttered in alarm when any person approaches the vicinity of the nest from the similarity of her color to the foliage of the trees she is rarely seen and is usually mute while the loquacity and brilliancy of the male as he flies timidly and wildly through the branches render him a most distinguished and beautiful object audubon pronounced the usual note of this bird as unmusical resembling the sounds chicky chucky chuck which is not indeed suggestive of the poetic inspiration on the part of this poet prophet of the spring but the same author states that during the spring he sings pleasantly for nearly half an hour in succession and that the song resembles that of the red-eyed vireo his notes being sweeter and more varied and nearly equal to those of the orchid oriole mr ridgway describes the song as somewhat after the style of the robin but in a firmer tone and more continued and as compared with that of the scarlet tanager with which he is often confounded it is more vigorous and delivered in a manner less faltering he describes the note of anxiety as a peculiar pachipitut tut tut very different from the weaker cry of pyranga rubra mr chapman says the summer tanager may be easily identified not alone by its color but by its unique call note a clearly enunciated chicky tucky tuck 
its song bears a general resemblance to that of the scarlet but to some ears it is much sweeter better sustained and more musical according to some authorities it equals the robins in strength but is uttered more hurriedly is more wiry and much more continued of the bird of eastern north america mr maynard says when the cold north winds cease to blow and the air in the piney woods is redolent with the perfume of the sundew creeping mimosa and other delicate plants which only bloom late in the spring the voices of the summer tanagers are heard in the tops of the highest trees when their songs are full of wild melody in perfect keeping with their surroundings so closely do they conceal themselves in the thick foliage that were it not for the loud song notes which are constantly repeated it would be difficult to discover them from one of its habits the rose tanager is known to farmers as the red bee bird and although a bird of day its taste for nocturnal beetles often leads it to the pursuit of its prey until the shades of evening have darkened into night when with the light of its plumes extinguished as it were with the setting sun it proceeds silently and invisibly upon its gustatorial mission but it is credible that it is only when he is in his colorless nocturnal disguise that the prosaic beetle is permitted to refresh this avian bloom and that when the god of day has transformed the voiceless shade of night into the winged and musical rose of ornithology for his life's sustenance the same moment witnesses the miracle of the dewdrops the sunrise has reddened to wine and that to his inspiration is poured aurora's rosy libation the enchanted wine that morning spills upon the heaven-kissing hills juliet a owen End of section 16